The U.S. recently repealed net neutrality and it's thrown it back into the limelight. We're here to talk about what we think and you think about those rules. My name is David Birnbaum and welcome to The Safe Space. With me today are Nathan Hallwell, Tom Nowak and Alexandra Meisinger. So uh, net neutrality is basically from like the most basic argument is that it's making the internet a utility. It should be free access, you know, everyone should have a right to the utility and, you know, companies shouldn't be able to, the, the internet companies shouldn't be able to, uh, you know, incentivize or prioritize certain, certain sub-companies, certain uh, other companies who use the internet. And there's an argument that the internet should be free and equal for everyone. So that's kind of, you know, there's a lot that gets thrown in with net neutrality, but that's, you know, generally how it's summarized. Um, and so, like, I, I personally do agree that uh, the internet should be free and equal to everyone. Um, what, what, who, who would agree with that sentiment? Yeah. Sure. yeah. All right. Oh, so you, you disagree. Let's. Uh, what, what main things uh, do you disagree with about about that approach? Um, I don't think that utility companies or service providers should be prevented from uh, utilizing whatever um, systems they have in any way that they see fit. So uh, if a company that owns these wires and the, the, like, the infrastructure behind it, um, if they choose to provide service a certain way, then that's up for them to decide. So why is the government getting in the way of a private company trying to do their business? Exactly, yeah. Okay. What, uh, what do you two think about? Um, I think that, yeah, I think that, um, I disagree with Tom, but uh, I think that um, the net neutrality should stay. Uh, the internet is such a great place, and it should stay um, neutral, and um, and shouldn't go down the path as a lot of cable TV companies have, um, where people have to pay for certain services. And it should be, and it should have equal opportunity for you know the next Facebook to have uh, the same opportunity as the current Facebook or, or whatnot, and to have those uh, equal. Uh, playing field for, for new companies to start. Yeah, I think like one big you know threat or risk with repealing net neutrality is is that in, like if Facebook pays a premium, then competitors will have a hard time you know getting any traction because the internet companies can prioritize Facebook. I can load Facebook really quickly, but a competitor could take me ten minutes to load. So obviously I won't use that service. So it's as if the, the internet companies become the the rainmakers. They get to choose who lives and dies. And the internet is such an, an integral part of you know the economy now, really. So it's giving a few companies like control of a large portion of the economy and you know how people get their their information and a lot of a lot of other a lot of other things. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I th I've heard it described as. Um, you know, having a free and open internet is like having uh, your water bill versus your cable bill. Like when cable can tell you everything, like or cable, um, you have like specific channels that you subscribe to. You have to pay more for different channels. And up until now, the internet has been such a free and open place that that has really impacted the way that it's grown and the way that it's people have been able to come up and like have Facebook become a big website, have Google become this big. But so there is the argument that why should the internet be like your water and why not like cable? You know, it's an information service the same way cable was. Um, like, it, it, let's talk about news. Uh, like, if I could get my news through cable and I couldn't afford that, you know, that's how it was because, and maybe one news organization was a premium subscription or something like that. Why is the internet any different? Um, you know, 
we've made an argument that you know water is a human right, let's say, and so I should be able to have that access to water, but can you make that argument for the internet? I mean, I would say that like the information sharing is really important in today. As we as we're becoming like a more global and more connected society, the ability to share information quickly and easily is very important. Um, and like having that free and open internet, like if we have when you have cable companies that can, or not cable companies, when you have internet service providers that can kind of limit your access, um, like I think that has a lot of censorship implications as well. But like a, from a pure free market like point of view, there are multiple internet service providers. If one is limiting you and the other isn't, if one incentivizes some companies and one doesn't, and you don't like that, you go to the one that isn't offering that. So wouldn't the free market you know, force an open internet anyways, because I, as a consumer, don't want to go to someone who doesn't have an open internet service. But if everyone, like, if everyone doesn't have an open internet service, then if like, your only choices are between people who don't have open internet services, then how would the market well, work it out there? Yeah, David's, uh, David's um, what if scenario is kind of uh, along the lines of what I think. And um, well, uh, to address your point that perhaps there are com like all companies will somehow restrict it to their service or to their specific websites that they want, it's uh, that matter doesn't really concern me because I think the companies have complete uh, a complete right to do so. Like, um, if Disney wants you to just see their movies, then why should they provide access to movies from Fox or? Uh, from, well, I mean, I guess 21st Century was just bought, but I mean from other uh, movie-making studios like Netflix, right? Um, it's not in the company's own interest to do that. So if there is an internet service provider that also has uh, other services that they provide, uh, it's completely unfair to tell them that they should provide uh, their competitors on the same platform. Yeah, I would say that um I would argue that internet service providers aren't as involved in the content making as in the internet as cable service providers are involved in cable content. But really, they're like the same companies in Canada, at least, right? Like uh, Bell provides internet and Bell provides cable, and you know Bell has much of its own content. They own TSN and many others. So as as consumption moves from cable, cable's kind of a dying breed. So um, like they had a pretty good monopoly over the cable market, a few companies, is that going to transition into the internet market? I, you know, I don't think it should. I think it should be more free, but um, you know, if I'm starting a news, let's say, for example, I'm starting a news organization and Bell and Rogers don't want me competing with theirs. They can throttle me out and I have no ability to access the market. Is that fair? So, um First thing I want to address is the we need to examine exactly why it is that companies like Bell and Rogers have a monopoly on cable providing services or any kind of information providing services in general. Um, I maintain that the reason why those companies got so large uh, over time was because of policy decision made by local governments, provincial governments, and federal governments that prohibited competition uh, by providing, for instance, like real contractual monopolies where certain service providers were allowed to um, have a monopoly over an area 
in exchange they had to provide service to everyone. So for instance, Bell and Rogers, uh, the big companies, they, they have federal laws that mandate that they have to provide service to a certain amount of rural, rural residents when they, when they create uh, cabling, which um, it's, like, it's a policy that seems good in theory because you're providing service to these outer re regions, but what that ends up doing is making things more expensive and it also restricts uh, newer competitors from going for perhaps just city uh, uh, populations because once they go for those city populations, then they're also subject to those laws that say, no, 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 you have, to, you have to provide to everyone now. And that's a great cost that's added, which restricts competition. That's fair. I think really the whole telecom industry has this kind of built-in monopoly to it, right? I mean, a lot of people in Canada compa complain about their phone bills. Mm -hmm. um, and there's only a few options, really. And it's because these companies, their main argument is they spent all the money building the infrastructure. You know, they built the cell towers, so why should other people be allowed to use it? But I think at some point there's a, there should be like, a return on investment time. I don't know if that's the right term, but you know, maybe they have a monopoly the same way a patent runs out after a certain amount of time, right? I can patent a drug I made because yes, it was my discovery and I should reap the benefits, but if it's a life-saving drug, you know, at some point we need to make it more accessible to people. You know, I would see the internet's not a life-saving drug, but it's a very important thing. So maybe they have that ability for a certain amount of time on their infrastructure, but at some point there should be that more easy access. Um, I completely agree with you on the patent side of things, that they can run out, but patents are ideas that represent concepts. Um, whereas a, a physical infrastructure is something that was built, uh, maintained by, and owned by a company or a person, right? So to say that you're not allowed to use your own property after a certain amount of time because of the utility it provides to society in terms of information provided, um, well, if we were to make that argument before like cell phone towers became a big thing, like why, why should I, perhaps an investor, um, spend the money to build up a cell phone tower if all of a sudden I had to become subject to everybody has to use it, you know, like I'm not allowed to control the cell phone tower the way I want to see fit, yeah. you know? What do you think about that? Yeah, well, I was just uh, on uh, Tom's note. So if you think that, um, you know, when, when the government had policies that mandated uh, these telecom um, companies had to provide to rural companies, and, but they were uh, monopolizing the content, do you think that the same thing could be, would be true for, say if net neutrality comes to Canada, which is an example, um, would, that, would that same policies go into effect? And, and like what do, so that's question one, what would then, what do you see as the future of the internet becoming? Is it just more of the same content over and over again? Or do, regurgitated or it's like very narrow field? Okay, so yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, before net neutrality was put into law, um, we didn't see a lot of the um, potentials that um, people say could happen now that it's gone. Um, and so putting it into law, um, I would maintain uh, was not a means of making sure that it was that the internet was still open to everyone. I would say that the um, the motivation for making that kind of a law was instead for governments to be able, or the U.S. government, to be able to 
uh, more closely control what internet companies and telecom companies do with their services. Now, you could say that's a good thing that governments are there to protect you and to make sure that you have uh, equal access to everything, um, but that could also provide governments a means of controlling whatever telecom services they provide, or that are provided, sorry. Yeah. I think a big argument for me, though, is that, yes, these companies built the infrastructure the internet exists on, but they didn't build the internet, no, they didn't. right? So why the internet is like, you know, this incredible thing that was developed with public funding, and they just built the infrastructure that it exists on, so why should they reap the whole benefits of that? You know, and if one company had developed the internet, like, and it was Bell, should they be able to have all of the internet and no one else is be able is to tap in? You know, because it's that proprietary technology, right? I, like, I, I don't think it should be, and I think, you know, I would relate it towards other types of technology, right? If only one company could provide cell phones, if only one company could provide electricity, right? It just doesn't work necessarily, and I think um, you're talking about you know the free market competitive advantage uh, of the internet, but you want that to be able to exist on the internet. And again, it comes back to you'd have these few companies who are the rainmakers who have the ability to say, "You can use my service, you can't. I'm going to charge you a premium." And when it's such a big part of the economy now. That's really dangerous. I'd, I'd rather put it in the hands of the government than of three or four companies. Yeah, and, on and like to your point also, um, like I think when we talk about net neutrality, we often make that cable news comparison or cable TV. But when we're talking about internet content, the entry level, like the entry level costs to publishing internet content are far, far lower than the entry level costs to having a cable channel or uh, even just like a show on a cable network. Yeah. Like the entry level cost of designing a website is almost essentially free, really. You yeah. just have to have the labor to and write the code and then publish like your $2. And a server to yeah. host it. Yeah, exactly. So um, I just think like the entry level market is a bit different when we're talking about that comparison. And I think, that's I think it's what... important to remember that. I think that's what people like so much about the internet is that it has allowed everyone to join it, right? I actually, I heard a speech by the gentleman who created PHP, which 90% of the world's websites use, and that's a free, uh, free service. And he says he loves that everyone can use it, and it's so easy to use the internet because of PHP. That's what he's proudest of. Um, and I think, you know, Again, it's kind of, this hasn't happened, right? These companies haven't started to do this, but you know, it's where does it stop? If they can charge, if they can charge, if they can allow Netflix traffic to come in better than YouTube traffic, then you know, that, then it's also stopping anyone who wants to start a video, right? Like what level do they get to? Do, you, do, they, have, do they charge a premium at any website and I can't launch my business? Or you know, when e-commerce is so important, maybe it gives Amazon like no one can, no physical store will be able to sell their stuff online to the same degree as Amazon because the companies have a deal with Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I think the information sharing, I think it, like it also has implications not just for people who want to publish things on the internet, but for the people who want to access them. Like if the internet is used as such a educational tool by a lot of people also, and 
if you're charging lower rates for, oh, you can only have these websites, like these are the only websites you can access, and that rate is lower, that could have implications for um, people who want to get out of poverty, like if you don't have the same access because you can't afford it, you can't afford access to the same information. I think that's an well, important thing to remember yeah. as well. But that's making the assumption that somehow it's going to be more expensive to do this stuff in the future, right? You, we really don't know what is the what the future of the internet really will be, and um, yeah, sorry, we don't really know what the future is in terms of how the internet will work, um, and. I maintain that uh, whatever companies decide that provide the service decide is best for their bottom line, I would say that they have every right to go about doing it the way that they want because they're the one providing the tubes and the service for the internet. Now again, the internet is an idea. It's, a, it's, it's an unpatented sort of idea. So if another company comes in and says, you know, we want to provide another infrastructure service, yeah. they have every right to do that, right? Yeah. Um, and well, like that's and that's what SpaceX or Elon Musk, I think, through SpaceX is trying to do. He filed uh, for permissions to, you know, have a full array of satellites around the whole planet and beam the internet down. And Facebook's doing something similar in rural parts of Africa and other places. They have drones. Yeah, Google might be as well, but they have drones that are projecting the internet down. But Facebook also got backlash because of the limited service they were providing through their internet drones. But this is that's the fundamental argument. You know, Facebook could not have them have internet at all. But they're choosing, you know, a Facebook internet service. Is that better or worse than no internet at all? And who, again, yeah, is that if the government wants to control that, then Facebook just won't do it and they don't have internet. Uh I'd like to compare this to another instance where the sort of private company versus um, like societal aim uh, situation happened in the, I believe it was the 80s with uh, Microsoft and providing their Windows uh, operating system. Yeah. On their Windows operating system, it came shipped with their own Internet Explorer. Yeah. Um, now, Microsoft was sued by the government. I don't know the right term, but I Yeah, it was an antitrust suit. Antitrust suit. Because they, they had too much of a monopoly on internet yeah. browsers. Now, um, from my perspective, I think that that case was the most egregiously terrible thing that could happen to a software company ever. If you are a software company that provides this, uh, this operating system, you have every right to ship whatever bloat, whatever extra service or restricted in any way that you want it to be restricted because you're the one who created the software in the first place. Now, nobody else has a really really a right to say, well, you you have to make it open and fair to everyone else. That's for Microsoft to decide. And you can install other like browsers and stuff on Microsoft now. Um, and if you want an even more open system, you can go for Linux. There's so much choice in the, in the matter. Um, and if you want to completely lock down, you can go Apple, right? Yeah. They provide everything yeah. from their own. But and even they allow other internet browsers. Because, but doesn't that kind of sh prove the example that despite everything, Apple lets me get Google Chrome? Because the access to the internet, like for some reason, it seems that the internet is different, right? Um, you know, Microsoft. Uh, for a long time, you couldn't use Microsoft's uh, word processor and things on Apple, mm -hmm. but you could still use different browsers, yep. right? So it does seem that despite everything. People hold the internet to some sort of higher standard for some reason. Um, 
it's it's a medium that like it gives you a lot of content and I wouldn't I wouldn't see why a company would want to restrict content. Um, so that For money. Well, um, if it hurts their bottom line to restrict content too much, where people might go to a different provider, then that wouldn't be in their best interest, right? But the overhead to get into the internet market is so high, right? You have to build all that infrastructure, right? That's the argument is one person builds their own monopoly because um, it is very cost intensive to build out that infrastructure. It's definitely cost intensive and that cost intensiveness is what provides so much of a, an incentive to get into it because once you put in that first uh, big cost, the big capital to get in, you can reap the rewards of the profit that it gives you. Um, uh, like I could give other examples in completely different industries where like there was an aluminum company in the 1900s in the US that had a near monopoly on aluminum. And it's just because uh, they provided such a good aluminum service that it was not cost effective for other companies to get into the market. Now, uh, yeah. could you make the argument that they're preventing other companies from uh, going into the market by providing such a good product that it's not effective to make aluminum anymore? Well, I think you could, because I was actually reading quite a bit about the, about recent antitrust uh, about antitrust around Microsoft and Internet Explorer and stuff, and they gave other examples of if a if a competitor starts up in a local community, the aluminum company would just severely undercut them because they can afford to take those losses in one small segment. So it's really hard for anyone to get off the ground in that case, right? Because a big company that already exists has so much more flexibility. And I want to actually go back to so I think. I think they absolutely can do that and they can, they can go against what the market wants because they control so much of it. So they can control the market in that way. And you know, off the top of my head, diamonds is a good example as well. You know, uh, one company owns most of the world's diamond mines, so they can just make the cost of diamonds more because they control the whole supply. And you know, that is a very hard market to get into because you have to find diamonds, right? But that's a, an example of the free market, the market should have cheaper diamonds, but they don't want that. Um, but going back to the example with Microsoft and the antitrust, I was actually recently reading about that because I was reading an article about Facebook and Google. Because I think, I honestly think if you say the internet needs to be you know, more free and open, that has implications for Facebook and Google. You can't really make an argument that Google is any less integral than the internet as itself, right? So if you're going down the route of um, letting uh, if you're going down the route of the internet service providers have to be you know free and open there's talks already about antitrust around um, Google and Facebook because they control so much what the article said the the US's line is is the consumer they don't care about companies but is it detrimental to the consumer what's going on and so I think that's the you know that I liked that that line of thinking and I think people are worried that repealing net neutrality would hurt the user um, but they haven't been able to make that argument yet for Google or Facebook, let's say. Um, yeah. I just have a thought going, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good point, David. Um, just, I just want everyone, I want your opinion, maybe another person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the internet? So if we, if we say net neutrality is, um, is repealed, um, how does that affect the internet's progression? 
Um, and, and is it better to have a more regulated uh, system or is it better to have just like a system that necessarily doesn't have any rules and, but it's just kind of open and just kind of see what happens? What do you think, what do you think is a better route and if there's any examples in, in other industries, I well, can... What do you think is a better route? Yeah. I, I th yeah, so I think the, the open internet because uh, like we, we don't know regulations can bog down um, innovation, in my opinion. And I think that having an open internet, even though it can be messy sometimes, overall can be a good thing. Right now, I, I truly believe that we don't know the true uh, um, applications of the internet. We have, you know, we have social media and we have the internet of things and whatnot, but we don't know how big this internet could be. And if we well, yeah. start regulating it, um, is that going to? I believe that's going to bog down innovation and going to um, restrict some movement in certain into certain areas. And so now, sorry, now is actually a great time to be talking about this because of blockchain. I've been reading about like so. Bitcoin is based on blockchain, but and it's an underlying technology. But people are saying how that will absolutely revolutionize everything. This underlying technology that exists on top of the internet. And so, if there's one blockchain company, you know. There's a lot of blockchain companies already, but let's say the person who created that technology, this is a good argument for both sides. The person who created the blockchain technology could have had one company that offered this technology, and if you wanted to use it, you know, you had to go through them. But they chose to have it be open, so now it's going to be very widespread because it's such an incredible technology. Um, and that's, that's something that exists on the in infrastructure of the internet, right? And that's really what it comes down to for me is, and I think, what you talked about about regulation is the key thing. The government's not trying to regulate what the internet does. They're trying to regulate it so the companies can't control it. I think people, you know, the, the main thing about the internet is openness. And people want it to be open and just see where it goes. Because um, I really view it as, I don't, I view it as more fundamental than any other piece of infrastructure. Because I think every piece of infrastructure we have can exist on the internet, right? So to have a few companies holding the key to that, I think is, is not, is not, it doesn't sit well with me because I think the internet is so revolutionary. Um, and you're seeing like the, the amount of revolutionary stuff you're seeing on top of the internet only proves that, right? But you can make that counter argument, you know, the person who created blockchain could have just said, you know, this is my technology I created. You go through me and you pay a lot or you don't. But that's, and same with the guy who created PHP, right? But it doesn't seem like, you know, the internet in and of itself wants that. People are more geared towards completely open things. I agree with you. Um, for, like, for the most part, uh, I want to go back to the, the original question you said, which is, um, like, how does this, or was it Nathan who posited the question? Um, uh, like, how is this repealing this act going to affect uh, the internet in terms of its advancement, right? Yeah. Now, um, I'm going to just quote or paraphrase Ajit Pai, which is the FCC chairman who is responsible or led the charge on kind of repealing uh, the Net Neutrality Act, that um, repealing this actually increases the incentive for investment into the internet as, a, as an infrastructure uh, um, a physical infrastructure aspect because now that there are less rules on what companies can do to the to their internet service provider uh, like sorry provision mm -hmm. um, 
they now have much more incentive to actually go into this area uh, and invest in its technology, uh, upgrade its infrastructure, because they know that their investments can securely be like uh, returned at some point later on, right? With the like with great profit margins. Um, if we and and I completely agreed with your points about regulation, and and that's how I see. Uh, net neutrality. I see it as one regulation which uh, insists that we view the internet in a specific frame that and and um, I also want to sort of go back against the uh, like we need to be careful about how we define open and free mm -hmm. because if I were to say if I were to say I want a free internet I would mean I want to I want uh, people to freely be able to own whatever parts of the internet that they that they've built and provide content to whoever chooses to like make a deal with them to to use their service right um, other people or the way we view free in this case is I'm free to get whatever I want off the internet right um, so we might have two competing definitions of what free exactly means right in this in this regard I think that's a really interesting point, and I think um, I'd also really be interested to see how um, everyone kind of views the internet because we talk about we've talked a lot about the infrastructure around the internet, like the cables and the everything that goes into setting it up. But when we actually talk about the internet itself, like what what exactly does that look like to you? Yeah, I think that's yeah that's what I thought of as the like biggest difference to me is the the physical infrastructure of the internet is really a far less important piece of the internet, right? It needs to be set up and it got set up and now they're putting fiber optic, maybe we'll get it beamed down from the skies or whatever, but the actual, like, the non-entity of the internet is far more important piece of it than the wires it runs through, right? And so for some companies to, like, hold those keys, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, one, oh. I was just going to say, I think it's also when we talk about the non-entity of the internet, it, it, is, it is a far more abstract thing to talk about also and to think of. Yeah. And so I think it's really easy for when we're having this discussion to be thinking about that in different ways and not even realize that we are almost talking about a different thing yeah. because we're conceptualizing this space differently. But even let, let, so let's talk about blockchain technology is, you know, theoretically going to change a lot of things. Um, and let's talk about cryptocurrencies. So there's money now. There's companies that are creating their own versions of money. What prevents an internet company from only allowing certain currencies through, right? An internet service provider could say, I'm only gonna let Bitcoin and none of the other internet, internet currencies through my service. You know, are you, I guess the counter argument is people won't use it, right? But they have such, it's so much power to give a few companies, though. I'm going to provide a different argument in this case. Uh, I mean, they could, but can you prove that? Like, do you have any evidence that suggests that they will do that? Um, because when you're making a claim that something could happen, like, I could say... But, but why create an environment that it could happen? Why not, you know, ensure it can't? Well, because I don't like using a government force to restrict these things that are privately owned, right? I, I very much think that if you are an owner of a building or a piece of infrastructure, 
um, you should be able to do with that infrastructure whatever it is that you think is right for it because it's yours. So now, uh, like, what we need to ask is what is the right role of government in this situation? Like, my view is that the government should protect the rights of whoever owns the property and not the wishes of people who are using that property. But that, that is fundamentally what, you know, democracy is about, is the people are saying, we want this from you, right? If, if the government is saying to the companies, no, that is due to the people saying that, right? Yes, we know you built it, we don't care, we're going to take it from you. And that's, I, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but that is essentially what it comes down to then, is if the government, if we, the people, are saying, the internet's amazing, you didn't really create it, you built us some nice infrastructure, but you don't get all of the benefits from that, which I don't disagree with because they didn't develop the technology, they didn't develop all of the sites on the technology, they put some wires in the ground, right? So, yeah, I, I wanna actually compare, so one analogy that I like to make, or I like to you know, question about, is making the analogy to electricity. Um, and so people, you know, we have electricity that we can access here, and there's a specific company. Um, if they had the same rights that, you know, theoretically internet service providers could have, they could, uh, they could make it that I can only charge Apple products, right? Is that, would that be right? Is, like, electricity is so important, and I need it for my things, should they be able to control what I can buy based on the fact that they put the wires in? And you know, I can only charge Apple products here. I can't charge Samsung products. I don't think that would be okay because now they're forcing my hand, um, and you're saying, you know, I have to buy in a different building. I have to buy in a Samsung building instead of an Apple building. You know, that doesn't really make sense to me. And I, I view that as quite similar. And I think many people would find it absurd that you know I could only charge a, charge a certain type of product in my home. It is very similar, and uh, I would just take a step back and ask. Why is it that I can only get electricity from one provider? What, what is it that caused that? And I maintain that it's, it's governments that did that. They, they created this concept called a utility, which is something that everybody should have a right to, um, regardless of who makes it or who provides it. And what that set up was um, a system where you can only really get electricity from one provider. and um, the, the reason why that happened was, again, it's the same sort of concept where municipalities said, oh, like this provider is providing electricity to us. They're the only ones who, can, who are allowed to do that. And since they're the only ones by contract, therefore we could say, as a city, what rates they charge, um, who they provide electricity to, yada, yada, yada. So they, yeah. give, so they give a monopoly uh, to a specific area, and in return, the city gets to control the electricity. So I want to avoid that with the internet because I don't really like that with electricity either. I don't like that with uh, gas. I don't like that with other utility infrastructure or, or phones, you know? Um, uh, do, do you not think the internet has already, you know, surpassed that? Like, there are some, I'm sure there are many areas where you can only get one provider, but the whole point is that is already in place, right? Are you? Will this not help prevent it from happening more if they're disincentivized? Like, really? They're disincentivized from building out and having these monopolies because they can't have as much control. The internet is a free thing, and they have to know that going in. 
and other service providers, like other companies would be able to provide that service on that same infrastructure, theoretically. Yeah, and those, those disincentives only allow big companies who can, who are already established, they already have control of whatever area. So those disincentives are equally likely to affect small companies that want to start up, that want to build an internet. Yeah, but, but now this is where kind of what we were talking about before of the physical versus the non-entity of the internet because the point of competition is much more what is on the internet than the building out of the internet, right? And that's the problem is we're not talking about, oh, there's so many companies who want to build out internet infrastructure for us to use. We're talking about all of the companies that want to exist on the internet that exists, right? And so that is the point of competition. I'm not worried about disincentive, like about making young, small companies unable to build out the infrastructure. I'm worried about them like it's giving instead of the you're saying the government shouldn't have this power but because the internet is such a wide utility you're since the internet is such a big thing you're giving some companies that amount of governmental power over the domain of the internet they get to choose you know who gets to exist on it in their virtual world they're like they're going to have act, they're going to be the government that exists on the internet itself right that's the fear, right? Well, companies don't, they can't use guns to tell you what to do, whereas a government, when they make a law, that is what they're doing, right? They're saying, you, you have to accept this as fact, as a law. Uh, whereas when a company builds infrastructure or like, for instance, internet or offers you any kind of a product, they're saying, you can buy this if you want, like you're free not to. Um, if you determine that it's in your interest to want this product that I provide, then let's make a deal and you pay me for it. Um, they can't put a gun up to you and say, you know, like, you have to pay me for internet. It's something that you, wa you really want and you value. So that is how, like, that is the voluntary sort of cooperation that goes on. Um, and by uh, making more rules around how you can provide that service as an, as an internet provider, um, it only serves to sort of root out this voluntary cooperation amongst different people and instead leads to a system where like just like electric companies or just like gas that you you have to use this one thing if you're in this area and and that's what i'm worried about seeing with um, more rules like net neutrality um, and that's why i want to keep it private I think this just comes back to like really the core of the net neutrality discussion, which is do you believe the, that a free and open internet is a human right? Like, do you believe that having access to the internet is a human right the way that having access to water and electricity has been? And, and I guess that's a good spot to end it at, is that is the fundamental number one debate is uh, do you think the internet is a right and, and companies shouldn't be able to in, infringe on that? Um, Thanks to the panel for, for being here and thank you all for tuning in. Let us know what you think and be sure to tune in next time to The Safe Space.